0: Hey everyone. We started with 128, we're now down to the round of 16. Here with us today, our expert analyst, familiar friend of the program, the breakdown, the round of 16 matches, David Zacode and David, you ready to do this?
1: Absolutely, David. Always always a pleasure to be on the podcast and looking forward to breaking down what's been a very exciting
0: tournament thus far. Absolutely. Okay, before we get started, I just want to time stamp the pod. It's 12:30 Central Time on Saturday. We're going to do our best to upload this before the first round of 16 match starts later tonight. But um, because of um, some circumstances beyond our control, may not happen, but, but we're going to do everything in our power to try to get this uploaded before the first match starts tonight. So now that that's out of the way, let's just get started. The first, we're just going to go from the top of the half of the draw all the way down to the bottom. Now the top four matches are actually tomorrow with being Sunday The bottom four matches are actually tonight, but let's just go top to bottom. So here we go. First off, he has been unbelievable since Wimbledon. Novak Djokovic faces Daniil Medvedev, also playing really well. Break it down, DZ.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a whole lot to break down in this match because Novak's been so dominant. You saw him get a little bit aggravated last night against uh, Shapovalov when he lost that third set. Got got into it with the crowd with some verbal misconduct. Got a double fault uh, that cost him the third set. But he came back and, and really stormed through that one 6, six nothings, uh in the fourth. So I think Novak's obviously a heavy favorite when he's in his machine-like mode, as, as you've
0: referred to it in previous segments. It, it's very tough to beat. And I think a problem for a
1: guy like Medvedev, who's played some amazing tennis this tournament and really demolished Bill Fan yesterday with some of his big striking from the baseline, um, what really is going to play to Medvedev's disadvantage in this match is that he hits a very flat ball. And uh, Novak just eats that up. He's going to be on top of the baseline, just redirecting balls, uh, whether it be cross-court or down the line. And uh, while it's been a great run for Medvedev in the sense that I think this is one of his best uh, finishes at a Grand Slam thus far uh, for a guy who's super young and playing well, I think Novak's got the edge in this one. Um, and again, this is not, we're not making any guarantees with regards to Novak sort of being a shoe in to win the title. Uh, Because I think there will be tougher matches to come, but I don't see this one really really being that tough of a test. I think Novak in straight sets over the young Russian Daniil Medvedev.
0: Got it. Yep. Uh, I'm agreeing on that point. It's just really, really hard to to go against Novak at this point. Okay. Next match Karina Busta against Kay Nishikori. Kay's had a few scares, but, you know, the the great ones always find a way. He's alive. He faces Karina Busta. Any thoughts on that one?
1: Well, first, first and foremost, I'd hesitate to call K one of the great ones. Uh, Let's not take 2, <laughs> two, two away from him.
0: Fair enough, team. fair so, enough. Yeah, he, yeah, a he's a very good player, <laughs> and I think one of the things that some of the ESPN guys mentioned
1: yesterday in the broadcast is how there's a heightened sense of urgency among sort of this middle generation or the um, sort of old, young generation that's looking to break through as the big three uh, sort of reach the twilight of their careers, or so we think at least, uh, and Kay's one of those guys, and he's finally got his ranking back up into the top 10 after having some good results last year, and... At the same time, I think Karreno Busta is equally motivated to continue
0: going further in this tournament because he was a top ten player in 2017 as well. Had a down year
1: last year, and I was very impressed with his grit yesterday against Fabio Fonini, who looked like he was trying to come back. Uh, could have gone five sets, but Karreno Busta held solid um, and and won it in four. Uh, but having said that, I still like to give the edge to Kane. This one, K plays. Uh, some of his best tennis down under because of the fan support that he gets, um, and I also think that he was able to recover nicely from the five set, two five setters that he had in the first and second round. Really beat down Jao Sosa yesterday, so I think this match is going to go four or five sets. I don't think it's going to be easy because Crano Busta is you know one of the traditional Spanish grinders, and he does have a very good uh, hardcore game, especially on the you know, Australian Open surface, which has been getting uh, quicker, but I think that this is Kay, and Kay's going to be facing Novak in the quarterfinals. Well, what do you, do you have any other thoughts on this
0: one? Yeah, I mean, obviously, let, let me self-correct myself at start. The good players find a find a way. Obviously, I'm in agreement with you. Kay is not at the echelon of what we would classify the top of the top, but he is very solid. Um, I, I'm with you. I think Kay, while he's had a couple scares, um, he's here and i think he gets through this match. The the next one, the next one i want to talk about, it this is great. Sasha Zverev, there's still some rumblings about leg injury before the tournament but he's gotten through. He looked good in his past match. Plays Milos Raonic. Now Raonic, i mean, you got to give the guy credit. I talked about it on my segment Thursday night. He plays Nick Kyrgios in the first round, gets through that. Plays Stan Wawrinka in the second round, got through that. Didn't let up over Air Bear, got through that, and now he plays Sasha Zverev. We all know Sasha doesn't have great Grand Slam results. We're trying to get him there. This is going to be a tough one for either one. How do you see this one?
1: Yeah, uh, I I agree with your assessment of, of some of the tough matches that Rollins has had to play so far, and uh, I think I think he has the
0: edge in this one. Quite honestly, um, I as as many of
1: your your viewers and fans have, have probably noted on segments and podcasts in the past, I personally am not a big fan um, of Ronich's tennis. But I think that he's also one of those guys who's uh, very focused on having a resurgence in twenty nineteen. He's last year he had a pretty good season, but he kind of you know he didn't look like he was in the best athletic shape.
0: But his resiliency in getting through. Um, the Vavrinka match
1: really impressed me. You know, Kyrgios didn't look like he was fully in it mentally in the first round, but against Vavrinka that was a very impressive win. And honestly I think this again, we don't wanna be looking at the narratives too much in these matches which are heavily isolated in their environments, but I think the narrative continues that Sasha Spirov isn't going to to be fully playing up to his potential in these three-out-of-five-set uh, Grand Slam matches, and I think Ron is just going to win. He's going to move on to the quarterfinals, and people are going to keep asking questions as to whether or not Sasha Zverev can get done on the big stage.
0: Yeah, it's, that's an interesting match to watch. And Again, that's going to be done tomorrow, um, which is Sunday. Again, we're recording this Saturday at, at 12.30 in the afternoon central time. Two guys that are, uh, in my opinion, kind of going under the radar in this tournament, Borna Church and Lucas Pui, who just won, I believe it was five sets early this morning, actually, in the, in the U.S. time. Those two guys face off in the last match of the top half of that draw. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I, I'm very b- both impressed and shocked that Lucas Pui is in this position for a guy. Yes, he is still seated, but the guy had a very, very underwhelming 2018 season and hasn't been able to string... Uh, multiple wins together in a row. So for him to to be in this position, obviously he did benefit from the injury of Dominic Team. Uh, Team kind of should have been in that position right. if he had if he had played well and and been healthy. Unfortunately, he wasn't, and it, it was a great opportunity for the young Aussie, who I believe has a lot of promise, like say Papyrin, uh who played well against Pui last night um, on I believe it was Margaret Court Arena. but. I think George has the edge in this one simply because from a technical standpoint, they kind of play the same game. They're both aggressive baseliners. They're good from both sides. But I think sort of continuing on with the theme from the end of last season, George is really starting to come into his own. I think he's always had the physical skills and he's improved some of the deficiencies with his forehand. But I think mentally is really where he's stepped up and... I think for a lot of these young guys, um, you know, because we, we talked about Medvedev, I obviously Hatch Not lost earlier last week. Um, uh, George, because they've had good results in 2018, just having that higher seed and being able to get a lot of confidence under their belts in the first few rounds of these tournaments, I think it's really going to pay dividends. And in terms of just the form, I think George is in very good form right now. And I think I don't think it's going to be easy because please going to fight, and please
0: had success in majors before, uh, namely the US Open. Yeah, and be Rafa. Yeah, but- Yes, exactly, but I think this
1: is a matchup that's going to play directly into George's hands, and honestly, I I wouldn't be shocked if... Um, I'd be shocked if we got to the semis, because that's probably the weakest section of the draw. Um, obviously, a lot of depends on what happens with sphere Brownage, but I think George has... Probably the
0: best chance that he's ever had in his career up to this point to make it to the semis of a major and and really break through and I
1: think it starts with a big win over Pui, um on Sunday night.
0: Okay, so that's the top half of the draw. Now we're going into the bottom half of the draw, which they play actually tonight, sat- starting Saturday night in the U.S. Um, these matches are. Insane. So it's crazy good matchup. So let's just start. Um, we'll start with Marin Cilic, who survived a recent five-setter. He plays against an unbelievably hot Batista Agut right now, who has been the spoiler of the tournament. He beat Andy Murray in the first round. He then beat Aussie John Millman. We all know Millman who beat. Fed at the U.S. Open, and then in a match where I was clearly wrong, you heard it on Thursday night on my courtside segment, I thought Corinne Hatchinoff was going to take care of Batista Agut. Wow, was I wrong, because Batista Agut beat him straight, looked routine. Um, so there we go, Chilich versus Batista Agut. Who you got? I'm going with Batista Agut. Um... I don't want to pick against a guy that's undefeated in 2019. That's a, it's as simple as that. Yeah. He, we, yeah, obviously you, you referenced how
1: he demolished uh, Hachimov in the previous round. It was extremely mentally tough against Murray in the first round when the whole crowd was against him. And I think he keeps the run going. Uh, we, we obviously also know that he won in Doha. Going into the Australian Open, beat Djokovic and Berdych in the semis and and finals, and to doing that, and I just think Chilich is going to be a little bit fatigued, in my opinion. Chilich had to come back from two sets to love down to beat Ferdasco in the previous round, if I'm not mistaken, and I think he's not going to be able to pull it out this time around. I think it, it could be easily one of those matches where Batista Gu comes out firing takes the first two sets, maybe Chilich gets the third or the fourth. But, I mean, if, if you watched, if any of you guys out there watched uh, Batista Good's match against Kachanov, I mean, Kachanov did not play that poorly. Did he play up to his expectations as a top-ten player? Probably not. But Batista Good was absolutely on fire in that match. The way he's striking the ball, uh, particularly off the forehand side, which is his strength, and then a lot of the directional changes that he's got going on with the backhand, he's just super solid right now. And honestly, I think he's playing, aside from the year when he broke into the top 20, I think he's playing some of his best tennis right now. You can see the way he looks at his box in between points. The The mentality is perfect for him, and Chilich, I think, is coming into this match with a ton of pressure because Chilich got to the final of the Australian Open last year and that's a lot of points that are going to be coming off if he's unable to get either back to the semis or the finals, and I think Batista Good finishes him off in this
0: round of 16 matchup. Yep, okay. Well, we appreciate that analysis, and now we're getting to the last three matches. We're going to continue in this order right now. We're going with another next-gen star, Stefano's Tsitsipas against Roger Federer. And let me just say this. I posted it on my Facebook page this morning. The big dogs... And when I mean the big dogs, I mean Novak, Roger, and Rafa. They're not ready to relinquish their status quite yet, and you're seeing it. Roger destroyed Taylor Fritz. Um, Nadal, he beat uh, Duminar, right? And then Novak just beat Shapovalov, um late last night. These guys aren't relenting yet, and here we have Tsitsipas, another next-gen star, facing Roger. I'm going, I'm going with Roger.
1: Yeah, I, I can't argue with you on that one, simply because... Um, again, I I'm a little bit concerned. I I know Feder blew Fritz completely out of the out of the woodshed. Um, in the as as our boy Brad Gilbert likes to say, um, in that third round match, I'm still a little bit concerned about Feder's health and the potential of a, of a back issue. But it didn't seem to rear his ugly head in the previous match, and I just think. I don't think there's a lot that Tsitsipas can do to hurt Federer from the back of the court. We know he's got a big serve, but it's not super consistent, and with Federer's chip, I mean, he's going to be getting those balls back in play. It's not like he's going up against an Anderson or a Raonic, which are guys that have given Fed trouble.
0: They can take the racket out of Fed's hand. That's not going to happen tonight. right? And,
1: And I think that uh, even though Titsy Paz had a great win against Basil O'Shally in the previous round and played some very disciplined tennis from the back of the court, I just think Fetters level of aggression, particularly from the forehand, um, he's going to find some of the weaknesses in Tsitsipas's game. And just from a mental standpoint, I kind of see this one as sort of the mentor versus the mentee. I don't know what they're... I think they've actually hit before in Dubai, so they might have a personal um, relationship. But I I just don't see this one where the young guy takes out the legend. I think Paz has uh, a long way to go. So he gets to sort of the point where he's one of the top players in the world, even though he's made a ton of progress. And I'm actually impressed that he's in the round of 16 because I thought this could be sort of a sophomore slump uh, season for him. But I think is going to pull this one out in straight sets, maybe a couple tie breaks. But um, just got to give him the edge because he is playing well. And, again, we, we've noticed you know, he's very comfortable in Australia, and uh, I don't think that's going to change in this upcoming
0: match. Right. Um, they have not played an official head-to-head match, they did play a couple weeks ago in Hopman Cup I believe, and Roger won in straights I think, Um, so take it for whatever it's worth, but I'm with you Uh, Fed's going to, I feel Fed gets through in that match, okay, two more matches to go, I want to flip the order of these because um, the one next in the draw is TFO versus Dimitrov and I want to talk about that last because I'm so fired up about that match let's go to the last match in the draw, Burdich versus Nadal a resurgent tomas burdick i may i may add rafa um no signs of any health problems he's moving great while burdich has been playing great I, again i i cannot go against rafa i'm picking rafa
1: yeah it's uh, i'm with you on that one um i mean rafa looks awesome and there, there's really no other way to put it and i think the only thing that
0: stands between him and the final is is injury quite honestly oh, yep, yep. I, I don't, again, we don't want to speculate who he he needs to, you
1: know, is not the guy to, to look ahead of any opponent, and we shouldn't either, but having said that, I think he's going to steamroll Burdich. Burdich has had a great tournament, resurgence is a very apt word to describe um, the way he's been playing this year, considering I think his ranking photo as low as something in the 70s, toward the end of 2018. But he looks very good, and he played a very solid match against Schwartzman in the previous round, but um, Bert, the, the, the theme with Burdish is just pretty common. He plays good tennis in Australia, and then he runs into one of the big three in the round of 16 in the quarters, and more often than not, he loses to them, and I don't think that's going to change. Um, again, we don't want to focus too much on narrative, but from an X and O standpoint, I mean, Roth was just going to bully him around the court with his forehand. If, if Burnish were playing somebody a little more passive uh, against whom he could dictate and take advantage of the court, I like his chances better. But um, something tells me that he's going to be playing a lot of defense yeah. against Rafa. And, and another thing to, to point out is sometimes, again, as, you, as we briefly discussed with Federer, there have been guys who can, who can neutralize um, the matchup with Rafa with their serve. Does have a very good serve, but
0: if you notice, Rafa has tinkered with that service motion. He's serving a lot bigger, a lot bigger, a lot flatter. And I think that's a change that Uncle Tony and Carlos Moyá have implemented to
1: keep some of the points shorter um, on this Australian Open hard court surface. And I think. I think Rafa
0: and Straits. Yeah, watch watch on the court positioning of these two guys in this match. And, and again, you said um Burgess be playing a lot of defense. If he's pushed behind the baseline, which I think he will be, it's it's uh, not going to be good for him. So I'm with you on that. Rafa advances in that one. Okay, now the match that I'm just we, – we've talked about it. I am eager to hear what you say because we haven't really heard your deep analysis into it, but Francis TFO against Grieger Dimitrov. Now – I'm really, really pulled in this match. I have to say, just from experience and ranking and everything, Dimitrov's favored, and he's played well in Australia. Yeah, he has not won a Grand Slam, but he took Rafa to 7-5 in the fifth a couple years ago. He beat um, a pretty good Nick Kyrgios last year in the round of 16 before a disappointing loss, Kyle um, Edmund in the quarters. Dimitrov is as talented as they can get. He hasn't put it all together yet. Francis Tiafoe, I mean, this is an unbelievable opportunity for him. He's obviously one of those young Americans that we're trying to get more consistent. I have, uh, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to cover the Del Rey tournament the last couple of years. He won the Del Rey tournament last year. He's not going to be intimidated. Um, he's going to go in fighting. He's going to face Grigor. Now, for those that know me, they know I'm an Andre Agassi guy. Andre's been helping Grigor. I'm really pulled. I don't even know who I'm, I'm rooting for. I mean, of course I want TFO to, to advance as, as a fellow American, but I'm also a big fan of Grigor. If I'm being totally objective, I'm picking Dimitrov in four tough, tough, close sets.
1: Uh, I, I really like your analysis on that one. The storylines are there. Um, it's a very interesting matchup for two guys that are not in the top 10 or top 15 right now, and two guys that are looking to, to make statements in 2019. And I got to give credit to Tifo He's kind of been a guy that, um, let, let's just say, he brings a lot of energy to the table when he plays, and I think that's a great part of his game. And I, and I think that it's uh, making tennis at least from an American standpoint, a lot more exciting. Right. But he hasn't always been able to back it up.
0: And that's why you know, I've called him fake energy Francis. And, and you can make up a lot
1: of sort of jokes that are saying that he shouldn't be as demonstrative as he is on the court. But he backed it up. He beat Kevin Anderson. He played a fantastic match against Andreas Seppi in the third round. And Seppi plays his best tennis at the Australian Open. And CFO came through. He was focused. He was determined, he looked awesome physically, he did the LeBron James <laughs> celebration after he won. It's it's all looking up for Francis TfO. Having said that, um, I believe that Grigor Dimitrov is going to win this match. Yeah. Uh, and that's because the way that I see Dimitrov playing right now, I, I hesitate to say that he's getting back to his old level because... This might be just a new level of Grigor Dimitrov that we haven't seen before in terms of his level of mental focus. I don't think that there's anything significantly different in his game from a technical or physical standpoint um, than it has been in the past couple years. He's still got the same strengths. The same athletic ability. I think the biggest difference, and, and you alluded to it with um, the introduction of Andre Agassi to his team, it's it's the mental aspect. And I think that he's ready to get back into the top ten, back into the Grand Slam conversation. Now again, we're not going to jump through the hula hoop and assume that he's an immediate title contender here, but within this matchup against TFO and two guys that are red hot right now colliding I, I give the edge to dimitrov i don't know if it's going to be four sets five sets um kind of depends what, what frances we see out there because that's a little bit tough to predict but um i think it's going to be a great match but i think dimitrov's going to pull it out in the end
0: yep yeah i'm, I'm on board with that as i said i think dimitrov in four tough close physical sets and i'm really fired up to watch that match so Thank you. I know we kind of did this last minute. Thank you for um, creating some time, space in your schedule to do this with me. May I ask to maybe uh, be on standby later this week? We may uh, bring you back and do this again if you don't mind. Absolutely, I'm happy to come on anytime. And I, I mean, with such exciting?
1: going on you know who who wouldn't want to talk more about this stuff i mean this has been a, an awesome grand slam over the years and, and what a way to start the 2019
0: season awesome david thanks a lot for uh talking to us about these matches and we'll talk again soon
1: sounds good Dave. thanks so much
0: yeah all right there you go david's a code breaking down round of 16 men's matches 2019 Australian Open. Enjoy the tennis. These matches are so, so good. And stay tuned. We'll have another podcast soon. Thanks.